I just filled up on tacos and uh, tres leches. It was beautiful. Nice. <laughs> Look at this one. Ooh. What is that? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Megadeth beer. Nice. That's a good, I wish that's I had a some good trooper beer. beer. Damn. Yeah. So unprepared. I have one in the fridge, I think. Yeah. I actually wore this t-shirt kind of for you guys. It's because um, I know at least Eric is a big Star Wars fan, right? Tim's Look at my a, shirt. Tim's a, oh, yeah, Tim's a bigger Star Wars fan than I am. Have you seen this Believe the Edit Walker, but being uh, chasing the Beatles? Oh my God, that's awesome! <laughs> that's nice. That's awesome. Two of my favorite things. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say Tim's a bigger a bigger Star Wars fan. He just knows more about Star Wars than I do. He probably is a bigger fan though. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if he like, watches every knowledge. Yeah. Are you watching the Mandalorian? Oh hell yeah! Of course. The last episode. Yeah. That wasn't that good, was it? It was the worst of the... Um, yeah, it was a filler. It was kind of filler. It was kind of filler, yeah. yeah. A little bit of fan service, sure. How many episodes is this? Uh, man, I don't know. It's a good question. We kind of... Yeah. They're in chunks, so we just finished up 89, and that were, there were nine of those. Yeah. And we did 88 before that, and there were like probably 10 of those, and then we did a like a best of 2018 episode, and... So, I don't know, like 30 maybe, 25, 30. Probably, yeah, 30-ish. Yeah. Yeah, the one when you had Navid on, just disregard everything that he said. <laughs> he doesn't okay. know what he's talking about. Yeah, we need clarification on a few things. It'll be good oh, to get. Oh, yeah. It'll be um, good to get. Yes, I need to defend myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to have like a argument on podcasts with each other. That's, yeah. <laughs> and you won't even talk about it in person, though. Like, don't no. even bring it up. No, we totally do. <laughs> we have the same disagreements all the time. I bet. But the purest thing, he said I was a purist. He did. And wouldn't ever play anything after Fear of the Dark. But he's out of his fucking mind because <laughs> that has nothing to do with what why I'm a purist. It's because... I, and he should know this because we always talk about it. I play the parts as much as humanly possible, exactly like the record. Yeah. Um, but in terms of not playing anything after Fear of the Dark, I don't think anybody wants to really. <laughs> and personally, I can't stand Blaze Bailey or any of the music that happened then. I don't think most people um, do. No, nah, that's so not that. I, know, I mean, maybe he some makes really up course, but he makes up stories. <laughs> So. so sorry that you had him on. <laughs> when a form of music that our children like becomes linked with ghoulish images and violent theatrics, it demands our attention. Hundreds of thousands of teenagers are locked onto so-called heavy metal music. I grew up metalhead. I love 80s. Yeah! 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 80s metal, like Metallica! Yeah! Yeah! What do you call this? Well, this place is called I Lick My Love Pump. It's gonna be abrasive, it's gonna be sickening, it's gonna be hard to listen to, it's gonna be aggressive, and it's gonna fucking kick you in the fucking balls of the pussy! All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Somewhere in Time Podcast. Uh, SomewhereinTimePodcast.com is where you find us online. All of our goodies are there. All of our links to our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
YouTube, all that good stuff. So check us out there, somewhereintimepodcast.com. So we're here. We got Tim. We got Joe. We are minus Keith tonight. Don't worry. He's still alive. <laughs> Listen to the last podcast. You might think he... <laughs> He's not live. Killed he's himself on alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you may have heard a different voice just there, and that is uh, a friend of ours and fellow metalhead, and he's uh, he's in a few local bands and local DC area bands, um, Eyes of the Nile, which is a maiden tribute band, Doctor Fu, Hair Metal. Um, gosh, who else? What am I? What am I forgetting? The Beatles. Oh yeah, <laughs> Beatles uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beatles cover band. Yeah, man, you do a lot. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'd like to welcome uh, Chris DiChiara to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome what you guys are doing with this. Really cool. Oh, cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's fun. We have a lot of fun with this. And Chris <laughs> plays the drums, yes? Yeah, we're out. We're outnumbered tonight by drummers. <laughs> yep. Kind of. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we got <laughs> yeah, two drummers, bass and guitar. Who? Who's the other drummer? Joe? Tim. Oh, Tim. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. There's a drum set behind him, actually. Yeah. Oh, is that what the video. Video. Uh, It's electric. Ooh, mama. Yeah, nice. It's electric. <laughs> it's sadly neglected of late, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tonight, um, it's an interesting episode. We've, we're kind of focusing on, we were focusing on 89. We finished that up, but then I realized, crap, we were going to talk about Sabotage. Yeah, and then I was like, "Crap! I was gonna have Chris on the show to talk about sabotage." <laughs> well, let's figure that out. Let's do it anyway. Fuck it. Sabo, right so it worked. Huh? He's right here. He is right here. Yeah. Hi. So there you go. Sabotage. <laughs> Who's sabotage? I don't know. Some band. <laughs> oh, okay. Bunch of dudes. <laughs> Sound like opera music or some shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> some, sounds like Trans Siberian Orchestra. Or something. Yeah, it's oh, really weird. Yeah, I don't know what. That's <laughs> kind of weird. Crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah so we asked chris to put together like a best of like hey you know we're gonna talk about some 84 stuff now we're doing like you know 35 35th anniversary of some 84 albums to end the year but you know technically i think they had an album in 84 so throw some of that in there you know and then kind of just send us a list of, of what you consider the best of um sabotage so so we listen to that so we'll discuss that um we're going to talk about metal church and their debut album because uh, that was an 84 album. And we're going to talk about uh, Power Slave by a little band called Iron Maiden that you may have oh. heard of. Nice. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah, it's a good album. It is a good Maybe, album. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where do we begin? You can Metal Church, Actually, you guys, this is your podcast, so. Yeah, I think I think we'll start with Metal Church. Although I'm the uh, guest, so let me pick. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So we, yeah, Metal Church. So let's play a little bit of that. Yeah. That riff, though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> These are his sticks. Nice. Nice. Right off the bat, oh. I got to say, I, 
I know so I'm, good. I'm ashamed, but I forgot how good that song no. is. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's been a while since I listened to this album in its entirety, and that I think that might be one of the best Metal Church songs oh, yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. That song. Oh, my God. They Just still the, do it. They did it uh, when I saw them uh, less than a year ago with with Mike Howe. Nice. Oh, really? They they might have awesome. done it a lot with him. I don't know, but when I saw, I haven't seen them in a while. And when they came to Fish at Cantina, they did that song, oh, and everyone, man. of course, went fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, I was trying to get Eric to go to that with me. It was oh. a Sunday. That's so uh, so why I didn't go. Sunday in what Baltimore, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. rough. Yeah. Sorry, man. It's like two and a half hours for me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that song. And honestly, I mean. This album, aside from okay, so let's let's start with this. Yeah, I know you're the first say. half of the album yeah. is amazing. <laughs> it's a great example of first <laughs> half is amazing, second half is still great, but what happened? Yeah. It kind of falls yeah. off a little bit. No, I don't think so. No, I don't know. I like the second. The first Maybe, half think, has a an instrumental that's unnecessary. Oh, but, so, it's so oh, but I like that. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, it's so yeah, fucking man. weird, crazy, <laughs> it and is. like it was so hard to play along to because. Like when I was starting to play drums, this was one of the albums I would just throw on and play along, but not saying I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I was, you know, right. you're just playing along and whatever happened, happened. Yeah. And this was always one that, um, that was like the hardest song to play along to. Hmm. Uh, there was just some weird spots in the middle, like where the timing was weird. Yeah. I haven't listened to it in a while, but. Um, play a little bit. I will say, okay, so I get what you're saying, Joe, because it's kind of like riff, next riff, riff, repeat. Yeah. And that's like the entire song. It's. I also thought the production on this song would sound a little different. Like the hi-hat sounds a little weird or something. Yeah. But that's awesome. <laughs> it's like they yeah. just didn't have lyrics for it, but some riffs. And let's just yeah. do that's that here and put a, <clears throat> put a third on the album for some reason. Uh, interestingly, two albums that we're going to talk about have an instrumental as the third song. Yeah. Yeah. For no reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just here you go. Um, I like it though. I, but I think that was a metal thing to do. You had to have an instrumental, at least one per album, right? Seemed like. Absolutely. I don't know why. But Even Power Slave. had to do that. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. something you did. If, you, if yeah. you listen really closely, if I can drum nerd out, especially <laughs> since we have a a drummer here. If you yeah. listen really closely, I could never understand why when he does double bass, it sounds a little, it always sounded a little odd to me and I never knew why. Hmm. It's because he, I found this out from um, the guy who plays with Trans-Siberian Orchestra on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, he was, what's his name? Uh, I'm not sure. It'll come to me. <laughs> so I okay. met him when, when he was playing with Metal Church at uh Jacks or when, whatever Jacks game, yeah. oh, <laughs> Empire or whatever Empire, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I met him. I was talking about Kirk Arrington because Kirk Arrington has always been one of my favorite drummers of all time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, great. he's so creative and he's also anyway. a great uh, air drum inspiration. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, so yeah, um, so I met whoever his name is and he told me that he leads with his left really 
Yeah. That's interesting. That's so if you listen really closely, it never really sounds like what you normally it it just has like a different feel to it. Yeah. And uh so whenever you listen to this again, even that intro. Yeah. The, the left is like almost like it's more prominent or huh. there's hmm. one note, there's one side of the double bass that isn't as clear as the other. It doesn't come out as much. I uh, think it's because yeah. he's, he's lefty. I like that you can or, hear no, that. He's not lefty, but the left yeah, is leading. Yeah. It's cool that you can hear that because nowadays they'd be like, well, I'll just fix it and you wouldn't even notice. Right. Right. Hmm. Well, that's just how we played. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Now they would make it like two even notes. Yeah. Exactly. It would you know, it'd, be it'd be pro tool here. the hell out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be fixed. Yeah. But that was like, the thing about this album. It's just so raw. Yeah. It sounds like everything was like one take. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I read that they were all completely high and drunk. <laughs> I read that too. No. Yeah. The- <laughs> is, that, is that on the Wikipedia? <laughs> no. Isn't that the note? Wikipedia is wrong even about the sabotage stuff because they said the third out. Al- the- what? The Fight for the Rock was the f- <laughs> Fight for the Rock was the fourth album or the third album, and it's oh. the fourth album. Oh. Did they, just- they just let anybody <laughs> edit that shit on Wikipedia? That's bullshit. That's- I'm pissed. <laughs> uh, I, have so- a, I have an idea why this album sounds so good, though. You saw who the I producer know. was. I know. Yeah, I know why. <laughs> I know exactly. Oh, who's the producer? It's Terry Date. Yes, it's Terry. Oh, okay. I could have. I could have guessed. Yeah. That. In '84, I didn't know he was engineer. Uh, producing yeah, that early. It's one of his earlier works. That's good. Yeah. What else did he do? Like everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. Okay. everything that sounds good. Got it. Everything All the Pantera stuff. Pantera. Um, yeah. Soundgarden. Early Soundgarden. Um Dark Angel. <laughs> okay. Um he did um he has a sound. You kind of know it when you hear it. Oh prong. Overkill, right. Pantera. Um he did Prong. Garden, Dream Theater. I don't think he did Prong. Yeah, Prong. Oh, yeah, that's right. From Dream Theater. Theater. White Zombie. Okay, yeah. uh, Helmet, Deftones, Incubus. Man. Oh, wow. He did yeah. Incubus, too. He's, Damn. He even did a Snoop Dogg Greatest Hits. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he just ruined his whole resume. <laughs> uh, Slipknot. He's done Slipknot albums. He did a Slipknot album. Wow. Interesting. I don't know that. Verm- uh, Vermilion. Hmm. Oh, that's just a song. Probably the remix or something. Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I did a Slayer Repentless. Nice. So uh, he's, and that, I mean, I'm skipping a bunch of bands or a bunch of albums. Yeah. He's got quite a resume. Yeah. But those first four songs on this album are like, I mean, just yeah, all classics. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Song Metal Church. I mean, every time Dr. Fu does a sound check and the, the um the house guy says, All right, play the whole kit. <laughs> I play that's awesome. All the time. Ask anybody in the band for like fifteen years, that's all I play when the sound guy's like, All right, play the whole kit. I love how in that song that's a he does a drum fill that's just Bass drum and crash. He just goes. That's the. That's oh the yeah, 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 yeah. In triplets. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> He's. I love. That. I met them a couple times, and um, I met them on the human, f- no blessing in disguise. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. They came to a record store in Burlington, Massachusetts, where I grew up, 
and uh, I got pictures of it. It's ridiculous how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> but like, I'm behind Kirk Arrington, like. <laughs> well, trust me, we got some pictures too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah of me. No. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trust us, we do. <laughs> yeah, but he was always, I mean, a huge inspiration, and I would tell him that I, I saw them at uh, the Empire. Yeah. When he was playing with them, I forget what the album was, but um, I would just tell him any ch- any chance I got that he was just such a huge inspiration and so underrated. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He's just yeah, so absolutely. creative mm-hmm. what he did. And it never really detracted from the music at all. No. I mean, even just the song Metal Church alone, like the stuff that he's playing, if you really listen, he's very subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very creative. And like you said, very air drumming yes it's um, you just yeah. want to air drum to it all the stuff he yeah he plays you're like just you can't help it <laughs> you're banging yep. your steering wheel and just <laughs> going at it i actually did a drum video of uh the song metal church oh nice but oh, i'm really? playing okay. on top of it uh I, I, I couldn't isolate any of the drums but i was playing on top of it okay yeah i'll we'll have to look that up yeah 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 That's so awesome. we didn't talk about the band members. i mean we talked about them but we didn't say who is what right. who does what yeah but yeah. Uh, david wayne is vocals uh, Kurt Vanhoof on guitar, Craig Wells on guitar, Duke Erickson on bass, and Kirk Arrington drums, as we've discussed. Uh, and the only guy still playing with them is Kirk Vanderhoof. Kirk Vanderhoof, yeah. 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 I think the founder. I think yeah, I guess he's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, their last album was pretty good. It wasn't, I wasn't blown away by it. It was okay. Oh, I really liked it. It was kind of short, it. though, I thought. Yeah. I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah, um, I liked it, too. I fr- it was one song, I think, that they made for the video, whatever that video was that they made. Yeah, I think, yeah. That's I like that song. That's a good song. Yeah, I like that song. I think it may have been the title track, too, actually. But it's just funny how, like, it's always the first album or two or three that are, like, the classic. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because just when we grew up, but that's part I don't of know that, if it, yeah. it's just it's always, like, the first couple albums are yeah. the what best. I, well, of the, you mean of this genre? Of the of the specific band, um, I mean, it's not always the case, but there's so many yeah. cases where it's like that. And this is definitely one of them for me. Yeah, like the first, first two with David Wayne, yeah, and then Blessing in Disguise. Absolutely, you could kind of go either way with that, but I, I mean, I loved it. Oh yeah, oh. they had a different singer and everything. It's our favorite we, among yeah. the yeah the three of us. Oh, oh, yeah, really? we yeah. we talked about it for a while. Yeah, Plus yeah. Guys. yeah, yeah, it was, guys, it was an '89 yeah. album, so we just talked about. I don't remember what episode it was, but we yeah, we discussed it quite a bit. Yeah, because we talked about this album too. Yeah, we got into this a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the first the first three of this band are like, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, because then the, the human factor they they it's, went away from a lot of the thrash. Yeah, it was still good. It just wasn't. Yeah, it, it became like a, political, and it was a little bit more literal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, almost like funky in a way. Yeah, I was gonna some, say kind of, of fun. Like some of the songs were like hey, it's fun and funky, and yeah. <laughs> and they released the they really released the wrong song for their video. Day with poverty, poverty. Yeah, that's not a good representation. Yeah. Of them, I don't think they had. I think in morning was the other video. That was a good. That's song. the better. That's a good yeah, song. Yeah, yeah song. that's a yeah, that's a really good song. I the, think it was song, basically just like live footage was, or something. The human yeah. factor, they were raging against something that none of us probably gave a shit about, about like sampling music and stuff. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a very <laughs> musician-y 
thing to be mad about. It's fun to resonate. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, it's right. like the going from singing about you know sunken battleships or yeah. sunken ships to like <laughs> something cool. Stop dude. sampling music. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, take care. your MIDI cable. And... I don't care who samples. I don't listen to that shit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Jeez. Except for Beastie Boys was on our last episode, but <laughs> well, that's, I didn't listen to it back then, though. Yeah, that's true. We did, but wasn't true until. So, do you guys have a preference from uh, David Wayne and Mike Howe? I think I like Mike Howe better. Oh wow, that's, that's I tough. I think I like Mike Howe better too. Actually, I think he. I don't know how to explain it. I think. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't because <laughs> I'm looking at this long list for this. Last thing disguises Gods of Wrath is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just like one of the most classic vocal performances yeah you know singing a high note in a chorus is like so classic yeah metal oh and the bass here too yeah 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 it's nice (laughs) here Epic drum fill. Yeah. Great with the high scream. Now I can not air drum to this. <laughs> I can do it right now, actually. I can't help it. A little bit. Yeah. But I always do this with this band. Yeah. Like you said. Okay, better song. Gods of Wrath or Watch the Children Pray? Mm. Gods of Wrath. Gods of Wrath. I think I like Watch the Children Pray better. I think Gods of Wrath as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Just <laughs> curious. Watch the Children yeah. Pray has that. Is this sanitarium? Oh, no. It's <laughs> it's <Metal Church. laughs> I think David Wayne's <laughs> vocals get better, though, on the next album. I think he sounds a little better on the next album. I think it's, I don't know. He sounds good on this album, too, but I, I feel like some of the stuff on this album, I got a little bit of... Um, <laughs> it sounds weird, but I got a little King Diamond on some of the yeah. songs. On the oh yeah, okay. And I was like, eh. like, um, yeah. The later on the later uh, songs in the album, yeah, he does some. It kind of goes. Yeah, that uh, little... my favorite nightmare. Yeah, that song. There's like a part in there where I'm like, what? What is going on? What, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. Now? yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a. It was like the <laughs> second is... side of the tape kind of thing. You're like, well, these these songs are a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Save them for the end. Yeah. <laughs> The production between the two is incredibly different. Yeah, very different. I don't know, for better or worse, but... um, Yeah. I mean, the first album just being so raw, Yeah, and it's like, there's nothing going on, really, but it sounds amazing to me. Yeah. And then the dark is like so... Different and produced, and yeah. the drums have all this. Ton of bricks weird is one of my favorite and... album openers ever. Oh, oh that that's <laughs> absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that song Just, is. But the the snare drum is like triggered or sampled. Yeah, or, it's super weird. Mm-hmm. Everything that, just sounds the same. It's almost like that Def Leppard snare sound, like that weird, yeah, like what? Well, this is a metal just level. Wet and yeah, 
high pitched and not good. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mark Dotson, right? Is the producer. I'm looking it up. Yeah. And I think he produced yeah, the first right. or the second prong album. And the second prong album has that same kind of very produced sounding snare drum. Mm. Huh. It's like, I was always interested in that, like how much say, like just even as a drummer, like would you want, he apparently wanted that. I guess. Yeah. Or he's fine with that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a good it's question. So different. Yeah, produced the third Megadeth album because that's the worst. Oh god, it was so far so good. So what? Yeah, the it was somebody you never heard of. It was so, I don't yeah. that album. Yeah, that album sounds terrible. It was. Steve it was actually. Harris? It was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Dave Mustaine and somebody else on that one. So oh, that makes okay. sense. So Dave, yeah. it was Dave Mustaine. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got these two drumsticks for my. From over the years with uh from Kirk Arrington himself. Nice. That's awesome. Little tennis tape. Yeah. Another different one, tennis tape. Yeah, that's cool. I saw them once at um a place called the Paradise in Boston and it was on the Blessing in Disguise tour. Yes. And I was right up front air drumming the whole time. <laughs> of course, because he saw to. me perfectly. <laughs> I was right by like the hi hat angle between the like the hi hat oh, and yeah. symbol and he just like perfect line of vision yeah. yeah and i just i think i stared at him the whole time <laughs> air drumming and like he stared a total at you right geek back. creeper he stared me right i know but he would like he would point at me and be like like ready and he'd do this like drum fill i'd be like fucking yes <laughs> that's awesome and yeah i got the drumstick out of it so hey yeah but it was just i had such like a Drum man crush on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I ever saw them live. I'm trying to think. I, I, did. Uh, I did one time. Yeah. Opening for Anthrax. Yeah. In 87. They opened up for Metallica on like Masters of Puppets tour, didn't they? They did, yeah. On a, there was a run after Jason joined the band. It was, Can you uh, imagine that? Oh my God. Uh, Insane. Yeah, the Puppets tour with <laughs> Metal Church Holy opening. Shit. <laughs> we bought the We bought the Dark, me and my friend Timmy Perso and then Eric... We heard the dark first in '86, but and mm. it was one of those things again where you're like, "Well, it's a metal band; they're on a major label. Right? I don't they're know what they sound them. like, but we'll just buy it and put it on." And, and "Ton of Bricks" was the first song, and I was like, "Okay, we're okay. It's gonna be all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are all in. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be all right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and all they're the way through, like, it's yeah. fucking awesome. Psycho." <laughs> The song yeah. Psycho. Oh I mean, the <laughs> yeah. drums in that. I know. Listen to how, how he plays the drums in that with the ride cymbal and the stuttering double bass parts. That's fucking not easy. Play it, Aaron. <laughs> a bitch. That guy is. <laughs> play it. Is it what said? Play yeah, some play of a little it, yeah. bit. Of... That snare sound. Yeah. <laughs> Roto Toms. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Double bass throughout the verse is perfect. Yeah. Stops. Yeah. Great fill here. Man. That's hard. I fucking love him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You don't say. 
<laughs> he is awesome. I didn't go look for the thing because I wanted to hear that. <laughs> I think my record of this album has an extra song on it. Really? See. Really? There is an amazing live album. Maybe I can put it on Dropbox or something from you for you guys. But uh, so there's this metal. Yeah, I have, live I have that. Thing. Yeah, you have this. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of it is taken. I got this bootleg. It's live in Dallas. Mm, Some okay. radio station hosted it. It's from 87, mm-hmm. David Wayne, and it's phenomenal. Mm. And I think some of it is from this, I, but I'm, maybe not all of it. But it's like a mess. <laughs> There's just like mistakes. And <laughs> nice. David Wayne, I don't know. He sings like better. Really? Like voice. He can sing high notes like it's fucking nothing live. It's just unbelievable. Everything is faster somehow. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Probably crazy. They're probably drunk or otherwise. Yeah. And yeah. they play these songs so well. I, I should upload it just yeah. in case. It is interesting that we, the the three bands we're talking about tonight all have kind of the soprano falsetto yeah, type singers. It's very 80s. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. <laughs> Just kind of fell into yeah. place like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, John Oliva is another. I mean, could talk about him for a whole hour. <laughs> yeah. Versatile. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to wait till Joe gets back. We should move on to the next band here. But before we do that, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Shoot. <laughs> go ahead. Shoot. Um, did you notice the song "Battalions"? The beginning of it sounds just no. like "Gangland" by Iron Maiden. Yes, I did notice that actually. Yeah. I don't, Can I you play it real fast? That has the drum edge. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Da, da, that, just that. Yeah. <laughs> bam, bam. Oh, yeah. Bam, bam, bam. No tails. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's what you mean. <laughs> Why did it take me 30 years to figure this out? <laughs> I noticed it literally today. <laughs> I was like, hey. <laughs> that's any, that, Even the Iron Maiden That happens a lot with these. When we yeah. talk about these bands, that you, you just you go back and listen to these albums you haven't listened to in yeah. 10 years, 15 years, whatever, and you're like, oh, shit. That yeah, that's this. Like, oh. that's this. That's yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. That's this. Yeah. The Maiden song even starts with drums. It was kind of funny. Just like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I miss. <laughs> we were talking about uh, the song. missed it all. <laughs> the song Battalions sounds like Ganglands by Iron Maiden. Uh-huh. So I'm guessing, Chris, you didn't listen to the, the whatever episode we talked about, uh, Blessing in Disguise. No. Um, because, I mean, you'd probably like it. <laughs> I, think, I think we were pretty but praise. effusive in the praise for this for this band. Yeah, yeah. And I'll yeah, check it out. I think little, specifically Joe was praising Kirk Arrington quite a bit on that episode. Yeah, well, the rhythm section of the band, I I love them. I think they're just locked in. Yeah, the, the bass and the drums. Yeah, uh, but one of the things that blew the other guys away was that the first time I'd ever heard Metal Church was a rap out a rap song they did. Are you familiar with this? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, remind me. What was that? It was uh, it was uh, Iron Man by what's the big butts guy? I like big butts. Sir Mix a lot. Sir Mix a lot. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> For good reason, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't Holy think it was shit. that bad. <laughs> I don't. I don't but, even remember. But Mike Howe was in it, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, I think it, was, like it might have been the first before. thing he did with them. I think it was the first thing Mike Howe did with them was this wow. Sir Mix-a-Lot thing, which was hilarious. This is the Sir Mix-a-Lot thing. 
sounds like it's better. I haven't heard this in like 35 years. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, well, should we move on to uh, Sabotage? Sure. Sabotage. Did we talk about Kirk Arrington yet? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I think he's sick. I think Is he has it? diabetes. Oh, yeah, oh, that yeah. sounds right. And that's a big part of why he stopped playing. Hmm. Oh, that's Yeah, he's been pretty unreliable. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't know the exact story, but the mm. last thing I heard was that he um, has diabetes. That's yeah. what... Whoever's playing for him now, what's his name? Uh, not, I'm not Sid. Sure. Whatever his name is. They, when I saw him up at Fishhead, I asked about him. Oh, okay. That's about all they, they said. Yeah. So, but he's still around. Well, so. we can only hope for the best, right? Yep. Yep. We should figure out who's drumming for them now, probably. Stet Howland? Yes. <clears throat> he's yeah. in the video. Stet came out. Stet. Yep. S-T-E-T. Okay. Stet he's Helen. a very Carmen Apice kind of player. Hmm. He's a what? Oh, okay. he's, yeah, he's very kind of like jazzy, and he's very, very visual. Hmm. Um, very fluid. He doesn't really really play aggressive and hard. And he was complete. It's very different watching him play. Yeah, I would imagine. Very interesting. Yeah. But you could tell he was like a very seasoned player. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's cool. So I don't think a, I like their current bass player as much as the as uh, Duke yeah. Erickson. Yeah, he's no Duke Erickson. I don't think so. He doesn't have a bandana that make him look cool. He's very cowboyish. <laughs> I, I talked to him at Nam last year. Really, he was just standing there huh. at the. Uh, watch, I think he was watching at the Slipknot booth or something because Joey or, um, not Joey Jordanson, the new guy. Yeah, Max uh, Weinberg's son. Yeah, Jay Weinberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Jay. Yeah. He was getting ready to do uh, a little thing. That guy's ridiculous. with his drum company, Say Jay C, drums, and uh, the bassist for Metal Church was just standing there all along. That's <laughs> and that's how Nam is like just these random people just standing there. It's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I went up to um, what's his face? Um, fucking drop. Can't think of anybody's name. Like one of the most famous bassists in the world. Played with Ozzy. Played with... Um, My guy knows. Oh, Rudy Sarzo? Rudy Sarzo, yeah. Okay. He's just walking down the hall by himself. Huh. I'm like, Mr. Sarzo, how's it going? I remember the pictures. <laughs> I remember that picture, yeah. 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 That was cool. So weird. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he played with White Snake too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I remember him licking his bass or something. I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no one licks their bass like Rudy Sarzo. <laughs> Is that what you said to him when you met him? <laughs> yeah, no the guy that licks the bass. Right. No one does it like you. <laughs> you played Gene great drums in White Snake. Yeah. <laughs> You're a great drummer in White Snake. Really. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> God. All right, Chris, pick a uh, pick a sabotage song to play. So I can to play. Yeah, to, 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 for me to play. Like the best, so I can like the so I can best one ever, or you know, I mean, of the list that you sent me, of the list, yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, power of the night. Okay, do I have? But that? you have to skip 
This is like a minute long intro. The production on this is so clean. You hear everything. The cymbal song, pristine, I think. So clean sounding. Yeah. Hi hats, perfectly mixed. The cymbals all sound good. Always amazing riffs by Chris Oliva. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, um, raise this the fist of the metal child. <laughs> <laughs> These guys Does that mean are... he's got like the devil horns or something? I don't I have no idea. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so, this is where I say the band members' names, but there have been different band members. But I guess from this era that we're focusing on, it's john oliva and chris oliva yeah right? john is the lead vocalist or as it says on one of the albums the grit <laughs> <laughs> when it was cool to do the nickname thing yeah. In yeah yeah and then there's chris who is the crunch <laughs> 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 uh, and then um keith collins yeah played he played in the first on two sirens and power of the night and then johnny uh, no. no sirens and dungeons of calling i think see fucking uh wikipedia again yeah because <laughs> yeah, power of the night was like the fifth album oh okay so all right so first two johnny lee middleton was the other guy or the thunder johnny uh, johnny the thunder <laughs> sounds like someone from uh <laughs> some karate kid or yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it does put him in a body bag johnny <laughs> put him in a body uh, bag johnny lee middleton from sabotage <laughs> doesn't really flow <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs> and then what's the drummer's name steve Watt. steve walk the K- dr kill drums that's Wachholz. right Wachholz. yes dr. that's kill right drums. i forgot about that that's not a very original nickname wait oh. kill drums oh i think he had his own company that was called dr kill drums oh. um, they made uh like drum racks where are you getting these um other names wikipedia did you see the their names on the first album? You know, I I did, but I didn't I didn't copy it over. Oh, listen to these. So John Oliva is he's called Shrieks of Terror. Oh, <laughs> nice. Chris Oliva is Metal Axe. Nice. <laughs> Collins is the Bottom End. He didn't work too hard on his name. Yeah, bass player. Drummer is Barbaric Cannons. Steve Wachholz. And the metal thing about it is that it doesn't say vocals, drums, bass, nothing. It just has the the little moniker. Yeah. Oh, nice. So instead of John Oliva vocals, Shrieks of Terror, it's just like John Oliva, Shrieks of Terror. <laughs> That's it. So take a guess what he does. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, oh. <laughs> so this band was originally called Avatar. Yeah. I found yeah. that out today. And this video of them as Avatar on youtube really? oh really playing like a stupid party outside yeah 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 it's as we all silly do. yeah as you would yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have to yeah <laughs> um and the story about how they got the name at least according to wikipedia the story about how they got the name sabotage is pretty funny like somebody one of the guys i think chris put an s in front of 
avatar and made it savatar hmm. and then it just evolved into sabotage and like, i think like a girlfriend or something or her sister or something said why don't sabotage i'm like all right and i suck with that so hmm. i don't know why they put an s in front of it but that's about it's, oh when you're I drawing think, logos on your school book i yeah. think that's what it was book actually covers. i think they said draw an s like the, the, the like the kiss s like draw the kiss s in front of it yeah and they're like oh that's kind of cool and then yeah. it turned into sabotage anyway <laughs> so <sighs> i think a lot of this <laughs> is very cheesy 80s pure like you know almost glam rock ish type stuff the, the earlier stuff yeah earlier stuff yeah is like i mean not glam but you know what i mean it's yeah like some of the songs were i had a hard time getting through to be honest <laughs> like the whip i think was one of them yeah well, i was gonna say like <laughs> it's so weird how they can have a song you know basically about like sodomy yeah and, and then the next song is uh you know out in the streets like a love song about yeah. missing your girlfriend i know it's yeah. so weird they went back and forth like felt, 180s felt, from song yeah. to song i feel like this band the whip is going to get you drop you to your knees yeah i mean they have identity issues in this band yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a good way to put it for sure <laughs> yeah twisted little sister <laughs> um and even a couple albums later so for, like the first two albums were kind of the same for me like they were both basically like the same album yeah yeah like kind of finding their way and but there were definitely a couple of like chris oliva i think steals a show and his brother mm -hmm. the singing but those guitar riffs yeah uh, that's why i pointed out dungeon of calling uh but especially yeah city beneath the surface mm-hmm it sounds like shit with the production for the first two albums, but the guitar riffs are unbelievable. Yeah. Well, when I was listening to this, yeah. I listened to it in order of, you know, uh, you know, from the beginning to the, you know, the most recent. Um, and I felt there was a huge, and maybe it was just the production, but when I got to Power of the Night, I felt like Chris's guitar work really improved. Like immediately from the first song, it's like, man, some of the solos in there were even better than previous stuff. And just, yeah. It's, the riffing was was a lot better i thought and it just mm -hmm. he, he seemed to improve a lot on that album definitely um, yeah his, uh, his solos are unbelievable yeah throughout I his career they they saved a lot of the songs for me because I, I was i'd be like ready to check out and then the solo would come on and be like okay yeah, yeah. that was <laughs> pretty good. really good yeah yeah he's wow. really good yeah. that's mm -hmm. funny well um i i love the stuff when i first heard it even the first two albums i mean those songs that I pointed out more specifically than anything else, mm -hmm. but I didn't have a hard time listening to them, really. So, City Beneath the Surface, is that the one you mentioned? Yeah, that's kind of the, the epic. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Drum beat is all over sabotage music. Yeah, I noticed that. Hi. That's what he said. How you doing? Hi. 
Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Singers and cheats. Yeah. No, I mean, and and like I said, I liked a lot of the stuff. That just that some of the stuff was just a little. And what's interesting is I actually I think of the, all their albums, I think I like Gutter Ballet the best. Like I I went interesting. I I listened to that in its entirety because it's on Spotify. <laughs> Easy access, yeah. right? Um, but I listened to all of Hollow Mountain King. I listened to I didn't listen to all of Streets. All all of it. Uh, I just ran out of time. But um, but Gutter Ballet I, I really enjoyed and and. You know, it's a good album. I know it's that's more of the you know that's when they kind of get started getting into the more uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra type, yeah, um, yeah, type music. You know what well, I mean? Well, um, even in Hall of the Mountain King, yeah, that was the true. first time I saw them live, and they play a ton of stuff from the first couple albums because hmm. that was like uh, they played Sirens. Sirens was on like every every mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. and that was the only one off the first album. Uh, Dungeons and Calling. Midas Night. I have some set lists even. Okay, Midas cool. Midas Night was on there. City Beneath the Surface. The Whip. Um, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all from the first two albums. When I was um, listening to your playlist that you put together, I swear I thought Hard for Love was a Kiss Cop cover. <laughs> yeah. Well, I included it only to show like, you know, their, the contrast that they could have with just having a basic love, you know, rock love song that's... Mm-hmm. So cheesy. That yeah. was the song that I. Yeah. The note I took on that song was something you'd hear on Hard and Heavy. Like yeah. remember the little transitions they do, where they're like, you know, it's the cartoon of the guy like grabbing the girl's ass as he driving yeah. his motorcycle. Yeah. That's that's what you hear in the background. I could I could hear Gene Simmons singing that though. Oh yeah, totally yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact, yeah, the vocals were just a little deeper and be kiss. Yeah, I can hear that. That's the over. For a little bit of well, Blackie Wallace there, too. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that, but that, yeah, I do hear Blackie Wallace in there, for sure. Well, have you listened to Fight for the Rock at all? I don't think so. Not for a long time. That is, so it's Sirens, Dungeons of Calling, and then... The Sirens was cool. And then fight for the rock, and yeah, the songs you picked out—that is, yeah, the most commercial Lamb album, and it, it, it's unbelievable that they even recorded it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that was—I'm sorry—Power of the Night was after Dungeons of Carlin. Okay, mm-hmm. and that was amazing. That's where Hard for Love is, of, is on that album. Yeah, Hard for Love, Power of the Night—they played it every show. Warriors is amazing. They played like that, that every show. Yeah, yeah that was good song. very catchy, awesome guitar riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one I was like, oh shit, this guy, this guy's good. Yeah, <laughs> not that I didn't know that, but like, you know, that was one yep. of the first ones where you're like, oh damn, here we go. Okay. The standout yeah. song in that set list that you made was uh, for me was 24 hours ago. No, oh, that song is so good. Yeah. That, I mean, that whole album's so great, awesome. But that was the thing. Yeah. So like after Power of the Night, they did Fight for the Rock, and it was like terrible, and they were everyone hated <laughs> it, and the I don't remember so what, exactly why they recorded it. Um, there was, was a that? reason. 86. It was right after. Yeah, okay. So it was just 86. before. Just before Hall of the Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So they could have been completely done after that album. Yeah. And it had a couple of um, covers on it. They covered a free song. 
wishing oh, really? okay. covered a bad finger song <laughs> Day after so that day. was kind of cool that introduced yeah that introduced introduced me to bad finger um yeah i then, recognize that for sure yeah and then all of a sudden hall the mountain king happens mm-hmm. and 24 when i heard 24 hours ago i was like oh my god <laughs> so awesome <laughs> it was a video on mtv i was like holy shit yeah this is unbelievable we gotta play a little bit of that right yeah play it <laughs> and listen because there's a drummer in the house how he goes from double bass to open and closing the hi-hat back forth. okay Park it and then he does it after the first verse. I hear it. It's like he starts with it and then he goes open. You know what I'm talking about? He does it more after the second chorus. He goes back and forth between doing barks Hmm. and putting his foot back on the double pedal. Yeah, here. There you go. I heard that. So he has to shift. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Ready? It was, it was harmonic. Oh, man. Sorry. I, gotta, oh. <laughs> I know I we could them. listen to it all day. I just, you know, Dude, we, we got to move on. I have so many stories. I, I met them a couple times. I met them on this tour, and I saw the drummer, Dr. Kill Drums, <laughs> outside. I got to the place early. It was in Rhode Island at the living room. Dive. And I got there early, saw the drummer, and geeked out with him. And he took me on the tour bus. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, and he offered me a Sprite. <laughs> and I was looking at the bus, and in the back, all the guys were playing Nintendo. <laughs> so what year was this? 87. Oh, wow. Okay. When it, it was the tour of this album. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and then he took me behind the drums. He let me sit at the drums. Oh, wow. Behind, oh like the curtain was still down. I could hear people in, coming into the room. And he let me sit down. And I don't know if you know about his drum set at all, but his like smallest tom is like a fucking floor tom. <laughs> I mean, he has these like massive 20-inch deep power toms starting at the top and going down. So he has like a six or seven piece. His cymbals are all like level. Okay. So his, and look at these sticks are like marching sticks. <laughs> yeah. Compared to like the metal church stick. Right. Like this tiny <laughs> yeah. little thing. Yeah. Look at these fucking tree trunks. <laughs> and they just look like palm trees yeah. because he just plays the cymbals like straight on. That's crazy. Not yeah. at a level. <laughs> so he is so visual. Anyway, so I'm sitting down at his kit. And I just couldn't believe it's like so massive. I was like 15. Oh my gosh. And I just like tapped on the snare drum. Yeah. I was like, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do, right? Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And then I, I got to the front row and I almost got the shit kicked out of me because oh everyone 
was pissed. I got a drumstick. I got like a set list. I got a wristband. <laughs> and um, yeah. How and did you swing that? Like what? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. But I remember seeing them. They opened up for um, Megadeth and Dio. Hmm. They okay. were the first band. Providence Civic Center is the arena. Mm-hmm. And Sabotage was the first band. And there was a guitar player in the wings playing. Hmm. Long blonde hair. Hmm. And I'm like, God, like you can see him perfectly in the wings. Like, why isn't he on stage? You know how bands would do that. Yeah. And that ended up being Chris Caffrey. Okay. I mean, it yeah. was Chris Caffrey, but that ended up being someone who ended up being in the oh, as okay. a member of the band. Yeah. Right. And who now, years and years later, is basically running Trans Siberian Orchestra. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember <laughs> him being playing in the wings. <laughs> <That's> so weird. <laughs> it's just so. What, is he, what was he just doing? Like like uh, harmonies and like other. I don't remember exactly. I guess or... just filling in, yeah. you know, rhythms, turn solos or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But, it's interesting. Well, why they wouldn't have on stage? But whatever. <laughs> I saw them at the Channel once, which was another club in Boston. But it was a really good, really nice club where everyone played. I saw Testament for the first time there. Yeah. On the legacy tour hmm. um first time i ever saw a pit scared the shit out of me <laughs> yeah. i don't know what was even happening <laughs> mine was and, sepultura so trust me oh, really? <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the 9 30 club the old 9 30 club wow people yeah. running out of there with bloody noses and yeah nails. that was a mess yeah. <laughs> yeah i sat on this there was like a trash can behind me and i just sat on top of it and tried to <laughs> get away from the like murder where that was going. I didn't know what was going on. Just right, people yeah, yeah. start yeah, punching and pushing those, each other. Those yeah. tiny clubs, it's impossible to get away from it sometimes. Nah, it's just like, uh, I'm just going to stand by the bar and hopefully not get murdered. Yeah, just pandemonium. Yeah. <laughs> not knowing what was going on. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Is this well, normal? You weren't like right up front, you know? Yeah. You could have gotten crushed. Yeah. Oh my God. But I was up front for Sabotage again at the channel and John Oliva had this like was it called rock and sock them? Oh, like, like those rock and sock them guys where you press the yeah. buttons and they just punch each other? Yeah. yeah. He had one on stage for some reason set up <laughs> like a, as a prop. This is like a spinal like, tap moment where he asked it was for it right to be like in front of me. four it was feet like tall a, but it ended up being four inches tall. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it was like on a table and it was like, I'm like, what the fuck? And it had like kill mom written on it, I remember. Weird. That's weird. Had all the stuff written on it and he would during the show, go up to it and just start. He ripped off the head off of one of them and started headbanging with it. <laughs> weird. <laughs> like, what is happening? That's so weird. <laughs> so I got part of that rock, whatever that thing is called. I got part of it. Okay. I took a part of that home. <laughs> this is what I would do at shows. I would just take shit home somehow. <laughs> and uh, is that yeah, really a prized possession, though? You can show people like this is a piece of a. <laughs> Sure, it is, it's buddy. A broken twist yeah, for your exactly. childhood. <laughs> Liar. It says kill mom on it. <laughs> oh. What is that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you think yeah. maybe he's looking for that? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> Probably. He's not very busy these days, so. Uh, <laughs> what is yeah. he doing? He's not on the band, band pain. Right? John Oliva's pain. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so Sabotage is still playing, right? No. No, yeah. Know? It's basically just I mean, TSO. I know they, they turned into TSO, but yeah. like, I thought they were still doing some stuff as of a couple of years ago, at least. Maybe not. I don't know. I think they fit John a... John Oliva. Yeah. He was doing... He kind of transi- 
transition to keyboard role. Hmm. Okay. And when they had one of their different singers, I forget his name, but he started on that um, awful album. Yeah, that uh, the rain something. Yeah, of rain. Infl- yeah. Ugh, that's when I kind of just stopped. I tuned out. Yeah, that's like Blaze Bailey coming in. It's really like, bad. Oh my God, I mean, <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I bought it. I bought the CD, and I was like, "What the? What is this? Like me? Like what? This sucks." Yeah. <laughs> Well, it sucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what Easy I said. as that. <laughs> John Oliva, I think, is underrated as a singer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just had so many different voices and was so versatile. And sometimes you never even knew it was him. Like he would. <laughs> just making a face. Uh, I'm not a big fan. Oh, really? I, no I love his voice. I don't think he, he does high notes where he doesn't need to, for sure. There's, there's yes. parts where you're like, why are you doing that? Why'd you do that? That didn't there's need to be There's moments where he does the, like the, little, ah! yeah, the little screams, yeah. like the little king guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, the mountain king. Yeah, he like, does it for like a minute right, straight. Yeah. That doesn't need to be there, dude. How come nobody just, in the band no. is like, no. I don't know. <laughs> Shut up. That's like his only flaw. Is like, why are you, why do you do, why did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a trademark thing. Yeah. And just some, maybe his mom told him. Mm. <laughs> you should keep that in. Yeah, keep it in. He <laughs> struck me as a middle of the mall David Wayne. Oh, uh, I don't think. I mean, it could be nostalgic because when I hear his voice, it, it takes me right back to the you know mid '80s. But I love his voice. Just, yeah, me too. Yeah, and there's some songs like on the later stuff, like in Gutter Ballet. Yeah, that's why I included like a ballad or two, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. where he just sounds like a completely different person. Yeah, and he can just sit yeah. at the piano. Yeah. And sing a love song, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I was listening to uh, Gutter Ballet, which I, I love that song. Um, and the title track, you mean? This, uh, yeah, the song Gutter Ballet. Yeah. Um, and it actually and when the crowds are gone. Yeah, when the crowds yeah, are gone, yeah. It, it reminded me a little bit of like kind of what Guns N' Roses did, but with November Rain. But obviously, this was before that. So yeah, like I don't know if I don't I don't know if yeah. Axel would draw any inspiration from him, but it, it had that kind of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it did. Feel like the heavy and the slow, and then the piano power ballad, yeah, yeah. production, yeah. operatic, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and and when the crowds are gone, that's a great song too. Like, he sings his ass off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Song. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll play a little bit of that actually. <laughs> His face. <laughs> no. Forgotten songs. It's a higher timbre. He sings other songs that are lower. Mm-hmm. Lower register. Get to the end here, and then the end, yeah. Well, that solo too was shot. Uh, yeah. No. Jesus Christ.
good, man. Like that. So on uh, on streets, they went back to that song a little bit. Did you know that? Uh, no. The song "Believe" yeah. on the song "Believe," they actually sing that part at the end of the, the song "Believe." Yeah. Oh, okay. It's kind of cool. neat. Yeah. I honestly didn't really like that stuff when I first heard it. <clears throat> yeah. I thought it was a little gay. Yeah, it was. It took me a little, um, little while to get. And there's still songs, some songs I skip when I play that album. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Streets or, or got about streets? Okay. But at the time, it was like coming from Hall of the Mountain King. Mm-hmm. It was dark and it was like heavy. And I mean, Strange Wings was a ballad and all. Yeah, but, but it's still, still heavy. heavy. Yeah. And then you know, Gutter Ballet was like. Oh, yeah, there's piano. Like very commercial and piano heavy. Yeah, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had the same one reaction. of those things where, like, since I do more singing now than I've ever done before, I appreciate good singers like way more than I ever have. So I listen to that like, even more. Like, just listening to that, what you just played, I'm like, holy shit, I need to listen <laughs> to this album right now. And that vocal performance is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it makes me like the music better. Where, you know, when you're younger, you're just listening to the drums yeah. or, They're, you know, I don't know. The riffs. Just listen that, that to album, things it, differently. Yeah. That album's one of the one of the things that drives my wife crazy is because she listens to musicals. Like, she, that's one of the things she'll just throw on yeah. a musical in her car. And I'm like, I don't get that at all. <laughs> but then I'll listen to something like this yeah. or Iron Maiden. She's like, this is like a musical. What do you, this is, I'm like, yeah, I guess. It I mean, it kind of is, like, oh, yeah. You don't it's, make any sense. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just funny you know the beginning of Jesus saves when the dude's talking yeah yeah it's dumb <laughs> well, it is Jesus I thought- Christ like, if I was the guy he was talking to I'd be like no shut up I'll see you later <laughs> I, don't know album was that. I could. Guy. I think they could have done that better. For yeah, sure. so I think it might be John Oliva. Actually, I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's John Oliva doing that. Yeah, I always thought it was. Well, yeah, I thought he did just all that stuff. That was now I'm one of the weirdos. That was that whole album was going to have that in it, and they decided not to go that route. That's actually. Oh, I think the record God. company said it's too long. Take all that talking stuff out. <laughs> so they left that part in, but the rest of it they just took out. There is a song called "Somewhere in Time" on that album, though. That's yeah, right. Is, yeah, I don't know. The guitar riff for "Jesus Says" is another one of those classic. Yeah, it is. That was the only song yeah, yeah, I was yeah. familiar with before. "You're Alive" is great. Yeah, "You're Alive." Because they had the video for that, "Jesus Saves." That album for me is kind of like a Christmas album because I bought it and when it came out it was like winter time and I played it around, around Christmas time and it has like this weird and then it's weird because they turned it into TSO which is this classic Christmas thing now it's just weird how that worked out yeah, it's very weird it's super weird this is ex-girlfriend album for me <laughs> oh really? yeah trumpets <laughs> keyboards but you can hear TSO coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right around the corner. Jesus says. Jesus says. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Who's <laughs> Ruben? Yeah. I thought there was another incredible guitar riff. You're Alive, maybe? So what's, what's the connection to... You're talking about Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Is that yeah. what is it? TSO? Yeah. Oh, you don't know the, the connection? Well, I, I know. Paul O'Neill I was there. one of their songs was a Christmas song that was, that was on um, iTunes Music. And I, I thought, this was just like fucking Trans-Siberian Orchestra. What is this? There's a whole thing. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. I'll let Chris explain. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I might be missing some of the facts here, but Paul O'Neill was their producer for the Yankee. The Yankee. <laughs> oh, <I guess>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he produced most of their albums, and Chris Caffery. I don't know what his role was in starting TSO, but I know that Paul O'Neill and John Oliva were kind of maybe mostly Paul O'Neill was the brainchild of TSO. That sounds right. And that basically, you know, the end of Sabotage was the big, was when TSO started. Yeah. So Chris Caffrey ended up, you know, he was the main guitarist in Sabotage at the time. He was the first TSO member. Paul O'Neill, I guess he designed and he was the brainchild behind the whole thing. But John Oliva played uh, keyboards, I believe. He probably sang some backups. I don't think he was the lead vocalist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the drummer whose name I still forget was like the original drummer. Uh, it's like John Locke or something like that. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure from loss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but a friend of mine, actually a great friend of mine, she's a cellist. She's played with, she's subbed with TSO a bunch of times. Oh, wow. Oh, awesome. Jeff Platt. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say go. that. Damn it. Jeff Platt. <laughs> I was like, it should be that guy. John Locke. She just Jeff said Platt. it. Jeff Platt. Yeah. So that's I think that's the gist of it. Um, yeah, it just sort of grew out okay. of sabotage, and and yeah. and the way that this the streets album, if, we listen, if you listen to the whole thing, it it sounds very TSO ish, and that's that's Paul O'Neill sort of like pushing that that kind of that concept. Yeah, that concept. Yeah, operatic. Yeah, the story, the whole thing going along, and TSO. I thought did they just did Christmas songs thing. though. I didn't know they. Well, had their albums are all they're all stories. Each album is a story. The TSO stuff. If you play if you play the albums. <laughs> And that's what uh, Streets is a story as well. It's just, yeah. I, I saw TSO live and it was frustrating because I was like, it's fucking sabotage. God damn it. I know. <laughs> I know. Play Dungeons and Calling, damn it. <laughs> I was like, God, this is frustrating. They even play like, well, is that Silk and Steel? Is that the song on, on Getter Ballet? Yeah. That was playing when I walked into the arena. I was like, this is, they're playing sabotage. God damn it. <laughs> just oh, through the PA, you know, but man. I was like, oh, this is frustrating. So close, <laughs> yet yeah. so far. And I think, uh, well, there was, I was going to say that, uh, John Oliva, this is not true, but he's like, the only reason Sabotage wasn't huge was because of the name. Because, look, TSO got huge. I'm like, that? No. no uh, that's not why, dude. Yeah, no. I think I there was that. plenty of crappy <laughs> albums <laughs> before. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hold the uh, Mountain King was their that was, swan song, I think. Yeah. You know, popularity-wise, they started playing with, you know, big bands. Yeah. And they had the video. They hosted Headbangers Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, unfortunately, that was that was it. Well, if you look at, I'm looking at the Wikipedia of Trans-Siberian Orchestra right now, and the list of band members over time is That's crazy. staggering. I mean, Alex Skolnick, <laughs> Alex Skolnick was playing last Alex Skolnick was in there, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, so he was in there. But, I mean, obviously, there's yeah, it's, it's an orchestra, so of yeah. course there's going to be tons of members. But it's still <laughs> it's pretty wild when you look at that. Get to find some live footage of them, uh, Tim, if you can watch the drummer. Okay. You, you never see his face. You just see sticks flailing and <laughs> hair. That's <laughs> right. it. He's so vigil. He spins his sticks constantly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And it, all his symbols are really high. It's just very impressive yes. to watch. What was that drummer for Steve Harris's son's band? What was that? With? Oh, know. yeah. His daughter's Dark band? Dark Age or something? Yeah, his, his, there's his son. Raven his son Age. Band too. Yeah, Raven Age. The Raven Age, yeah. yeah. Oh. They open on the latest tour. Yeah. So I don't know who that is. Yeah. yeah, you're good. You don't need to. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. Don't. <laughs> Unless you like watching a drummer that twirls his sticks constantly. Oh, 
Well, the Vince Neil drummer there, that guy who jumps off his throne and <laughs> yeah, we're wasting our breath. Sabotage, damn it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Sabotage was interesting because I felt like I was the only person who liked them. I was always like, no one likes this band, but I like them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I didn't get into them like you did. I will admit yeah. that. But I, I did have an appreciation going back and listening to these albums. I was like, man, these are actually really good. Like, yeah. you know, especially uh, like, like I said, Gutter Ballet, Hollow, Hollow Mountain King. Yeah. Both those albums I was really impressed with. That's so those are their two best, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did you the notice production? Um, there's a maidenly riff. I mean, of course, it's a maidenly riff. Yeah, there's gonna be. <laughs> but I thought in Gutter Ballet, right after the or the pre-chorus or chorus, let me find it. It sounds just like um, hell. Be that name. Oh. Oh, did it, did it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, it sounds like Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? <laughs> anyway, Imagine that's crazy, that. huh? Yeah. Yeah. At least that makes sense to me now. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul O'Neill passed away, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Right. And so the did producer. Chris Oliva. Not the Yankee. Yeah, the producer. He sang backups on Strange Wings. Hmm, did it really? I know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. He was, yeah, if you listen, there's another voice. It actually, I never realized it was a different person because I thought it was John Oliva. Yeah, that's what I said. If you listen to it, it sounds like him. Huh. But Hmm. it says in the credits that uh, Paul O'Neill is singing backups in that. Oh, wow. Interesting. It's a good song. It's a good album. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Well, there's a lot to dig into here if you like the band. There is. It's a lot. <laughs> is a, it's Just crazy, though. Like, I don't like the production lines. as much as I do Power of the Night. Hmm. Like, Power of the Night was so, like, yeah, that was, like, so clean that was and super clear. clear. Yeah. And, I couldn't really um, pre- uh, uh, appreciate the production because I was listening on the YouTube. I didn't know what was just, you know, bad MP3 uploads. Hmm. Yeah. A lot of it didn't sound But good. if you listen back and one song from Power of the Night and then one song from Hall of the Mountain King, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but. Yeah, this Hollow Mountain King is just so much more dark mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. reverby. It is, and Power of the Night is just clean. You hear everything perfectly without it being like modern day hearing everything perfectly. Yeah, where it's just like pummel pummeling you in the face. Yeah, right. But even like modern Maiden albums, it's like oh god, this sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the bass drum being the only fucking thing I hear in the mix. <laughs> like the loudest thing next to the vocals. It's like this is terrible. That is true. The bass drums have gotten louder over the more modern stuff. So much stuff. louder. Yeah. Because they realized it was it was never heard and he was playing so busy yeah. that let's make everyone hear what I'm doing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we should at least talk a little bit about the album covers though. Oh, Sabotage's oh, album, album covers? covers? Yeah. Oh boy. So, do you really want to do that? I do. It doesn't have to be a lot of talk. He just wants to make <laughs> fun. Holy shit, are they bad. There's nothing really good about it. No. Do they, do they have a good album cover? I mean, Gutter Ballet. The Mountain King awful. might have been the best, that's, but that's cheesy in a way. Yeah, I like how the, the Mountain King's wearing. Flip, I like the skull flip, one the best, I think. <laughs> There's one with the skull <laughs> and something through oh, the yeah. eye. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Dungeons bad. are calling is that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Streets yeah, is okay. Streets normal. Is, yeah, it's I mean, fine. They're all standing. Yeah, it's normal. Just, yeah. Yeah. The hair is nice. Yeah. Shiny. <laughs> the, the yeah. Fight, fight for the rock 
That's pretty yeah. horrible. Do we all know that Chris Oliva is dead yeah, and, and yeah. died from a car accident? Yeah. Drunk yeah, driver. Pretty tragic. Yeah. That's when did that whole uh, shit? Uh, 93. Oh. That's Can you imagine that? Ugh, I mean, bummer. when your yeah. brother is your writing partner and that's the whole band. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, that was it for that band. <laughs> it's like, well, they're done. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, made. Way to, way to end on a down with this. <laughs> no, we got Maiden to go. <laughs> <clears throat> this is like the Casey Kasem when he's got to come out of that talking about a dead dog <laughs> clip. You know what I'm talking about here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how we're ending this podcast. Jesus. <laughs> Death. Absolutely. Talking about a dead dog. Somebody's <sighs> dog dying. <laughs> Where's your downer sound? Down, downtrodden song. Oh, I, I have this. Need that SNL thing that they used to do. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's wow. move on to uh, our headliner, so to speak. What song is this? Yeah. <laughs> Never heard this before in my life. Of course, we didn't have the um, Churchill intro. Yeah, strange guitar riff. Well, I was. it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that because I was going to get into the main riff here, too. I think that's also kind of a strange riff. Not this. When he's during the verses. This seems always, so slow to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, why do we play it so fast? <laughs> Heavy. This riff. This is one of the greatest riffs of all time, I think. That riff follows the vocals and the, the guitar follow each other, except the turnaround. Well, the bass goes with the guitar. The bass, yeah, the bass is with the drums halfway through that verse or that lick, and then. The turnaround is with the guitar, but the vocals follow right along with the, the guitar riff. It's yeah, um, it's not something we would have ever come up with in our band. <laughs> 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 <And> new. <laughs> I was just I picture that riff that you know because it's all power chords. It it seems more like a like a single note type riff that would be somewhere else. Like you know what I mean? It's gonna. Yeah. It's like a sabotage song or something. <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> but it's, it's it's just it's weird that it's kind of they're sliding down the neck and it's just yeah. it's it's different. It's yeah. But it's maiden, so it, yeah. you, know, you gotta expect some different stuff. Yeah. And who knows how what the the seed of that riff was? Was it like that or was it like you were saying? Right. Yeah. Exactly. They just expanded on it and made it really much better. Yeah. Well, it says yeah, Steve Harris like wrote it, it, but um, oh really. <clears throat> I mean, it's just weird as a bass player that he's not playing that part until, right? He's he's just kind of so, doing his own thing. He probably had the vocal melody in in mind before he even wrote the that riff. Yeah, probably might have. Yeah. yeah, he probably was like, "How about if I did?" It's weird because like, how many times do you want to say like, you know, sing exactly like the guitar riff? Yeah, I know, right? You know, and vice versa. Yeah, usually, I don't know. I never. Well, it's funny. We talked about that on a, a few episodes. Uh, prior we were talking about uh what band was it was it dri joe where you were saying like every one of their songs oh yeah it was dri the singer was just following what the guitar player's doing <laughs> yeah like yeah i thought it was because wasn't he a guitar player he's not but he's not. Oh, he yeah. thought he was yeah, yeah that's yeah. what i assumed he thought he was he's like 
because yeah, it would have been easier to play along and sing that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was just talentless. I think is what the problem is. <laughs> Keith isn't here to defend him, so <laughs> no. it's his fault. <laughs> yeah, he knew. He knows Sorry, where we he... are. <laughs> That's right. It's funny, like the production of that album, like with the the modern stuff, it's so different. But yeah. to me, it's almost like an identity. Like I know what that album sounds like in mm-hmm. my head. Oh yeah. And I, I think of like a color or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like even if you don't hear every bass drum note, it doesn't matter. Like it's just a sound that could only be f- for that album. Mm-hmm. Like peace, like peace of mind is. And we have this discussion in, in the Iron Maiden tribute all the time. Like peace of mind, I, I don't think really is great production whatsoever. But it has its own thing, mm-hmm. and I probably don't want to hear it any other way. Right. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, the goods and the bads about it, it's just, it's kind of muddy. And, it is, yeah. And I always is. think like brown and green for some reason. Brown, yeah, for sure. I, I think, yeah. Like, yeah, I think like the album Not covers. really great colors. Yeah. This, is, this one's blue for me. Blue and yellow. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, it's yeah, the album yeah. covers, I think, that do that. Of course that. it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you're it, staring at it like yeah, you're listening, yeah. and then it's, yeah. Because the Master Puppets is red, always. Not that that's Iron Maiden, but you know what I mean. Yeah, right. Justice is yeah. gray. Orange. Mr. Orange. <laughs> the black album was black. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> my friend had bunk beds, and when this album came out, I used to hang out in the. We used to play Dungeons and Dragons all the time, and I used to hang out in the top bunk because he had a Power Slave poster right oh, on yeah. the ceiling. So it was like a foot away from my face. Oh, that's awesome. And I used to just sit stare there and just stare at <laughs> yes. that thing. I should have bought my drawings upstairs. I had. I used to draw all the time. Oh, really? I drew a lot of the covers, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had, a, I, had a, work. I had a loft bed and I had uh, right underneath my loft bed was my dresser and a tape player. And every night for a year straight, one side of the tape was Power Slave, the other side was 1984 by Van Halen. And I would switch them every night and I would listen <laughs> oh, to one. Those are two of my favorites <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yeah. So um, so this album is it's it weirdly reminds me of Van Halen a little bit. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> cause it was either this or 1984. I would listen to every night for like a year straight. So. And you guys have a favorite song off this one? I oh, think the, I think Power Power Slave. Yeah, Power Slave. I, I, I was gonna say Power Slave. Yeah. Or Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. One of the last two for We started one. working up Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner again. Oh boy. Yeah. So that's gonna come <laughs> What's out. What's that? What'd you say? <laughs> uh my Iron Maiden tribute band is working up that again. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Uh-huh. Good. We did we've performed it live a couple times, but we haven't done it in a while. So uh since Fern is in the band now our new bassist we uh are catching up on all the songs right. and that's been one of them yeah man and it's uh, funny that song is 13 minutes long and back in the day that was like that song is the longest song ever. yeah it was yeah. the song, longest song ever yeah and now it's like every other song they write is 12 minutes long. <laughs> no really <laughs> and then empire of the clouds on on the 18 Book of minutes is what, like 18 minutes long, 18 so. yeah yeah so but i remember how like they did had the whole interlude and it's like, what's going on? What is happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then, like, the next part starts, and it's like, oh, it's the same song. Oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, stuff didn't happen back then. No. Right. No. 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 Not at all. Was it, but, was Power Slave and Rhyme and Nature Did that take up one side of the yeah. village? No, it was Back in the Village. Okay. Yeah, that's right. It was Back in the Village was the first one off the second mm. side. The worst song. This song doesn't fit very well at all. No. 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 Yeah, that's the one song where you're like, oh. <laughs> that's I mean, the one song that my friend from Boston, who's a massive Maiden fan, 
always tells us we have to play. <laughs> oh, really? Wrong. It's like that's it's a like great that, the opening riff, riff in that yeah. song is so fucking weird. I'm a player. <laughs> it is very weird. When the drums come in, it confuses me all the time. Yeah. Like what? The- Try to count this. <laughs> yes, right here. It's like he's messing up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, eh, good enough. They're just kind of going with it. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, that's weird. It's a weird one. That's... <laughs> yeah. But I tell you, the Duelist and Flash of the Blade, I don't think get enough credit. I think both yeah. those songs are mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I was listening to the Duelist yesterday, driving home, and like, God, there's every time we. That yeah, it's song. amazing. Oh, the Jesus. guitar harmonies in those two songs yeah, are amazing. Of, Flesh of the Blade is so fun the to play. Flesh of the Blade, though. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Like yeah. the, I think the only reason why I like playing that song is to listen to the guitar players. Because <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> it's so fun. I have them in stereo in my in ears, and oh, I nice. just hear the guitars so perfectly, and they just play the shit out of it. That's awesome. You got the in the, the middle, the bass chords, right, Joe? Right there. Yeah, chord. Yeah, chords are cool. He does those all the time. But his octave, he's so fast on the oh, octaves. Yeah. yeah. S- skip ahead to that riff later on. Oh, there you go, yeah. Yeah. This is my, uh, so my son one day came to me randomly. He said, you know the song Flash of the Blade by Iron Maiden? I'm like, uh, duh. I've done it. I've succeeded like, as a father. Yeah, he's like, that song is awesome. I'm like, yeah, I know. Where have you been? He doesn't listen to a lot of metal. So I think it happened. Oh, wow. I just, I share my iTunes account with him. Oh, so awesome. every now and then, like, just he'll pick a song that's in my iTunes and he picked that one. And he's like, that song's great. So. <laughs> crazy he, he likes everything so it's, it's cool that's a good uh, song yeah and it's lost for words yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah. the instrumental my first that, right? gig i ever played in my life was for our singer my first original band it wasn't the first gig ever it was probably the second gig ever it was he rented out a hall for his birthday no for his graduation from high school and we would fool around with Lost for Words all the time. Yeah. And, it's a fun but riff. the bassist never learned it. So we, we played it live anyway without bass. It's not that hard on bass. So it was you me and two something guitarists. You do when we played young. Lost for Words for a high school graduation party in front yes. of like mostly senior citizens. <laughs> <clears throat> no bass. <laughs> so we should, yeah, we should talk about that elephant in the room there, Chris. <laughs> you don't like oh. their stuff after. Uh... Oh. After, Wait, we, uh, we didn't we didn't cover one one aspect of this album. No, we'll get back to it. We'll, we'll oh, okay. <laughs> you want to go back to it? You want to do it now? Go ahead. The whole yeah, you go ahead. Uh, that Yannick Gers wrote two minutes to midnight way before he was in Iron Maiden. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> who the hell said this? Huh? Who said that? Um, Yannick Gers to Adrian Yannick Smith. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> it's true. Is what was his band's name? I'll look up the song. Yeah, there there is a weird thing here, believe it or not. There is. I've never heard yeah. this. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to Google it real quick. 
We talked about this on another podcast, I think. We did, yeah. We talked about it. Because uh, we were making fun of Anna Gers and like, but <laughs> he did do this. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I don't want to give him any credit for anything. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> he's so goofy, that guy. Yeah, it's mostly his live antics we're making fun of. He he's yeah. he's hard to watch, put it that way. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Dancing. Yes. The stage. Little... And he played on Bruce's solo stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were wondering if if Bruce coming back was like he was like, well, I'll come back if I can bring my guitar player, and that's how he got into the band. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, it's right. this one, Joe. Let me see if it's right. We're keeping Adrian, Here and of course, Adrian Smith. They they you know gigged around each other at the time. Close. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Inadvertently. Kill the the game! (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Damn it. (laughs) Sorry, Chris. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, gonna have to throw that <laughs> song out of the set. <laughs> well, I'm oh, sorry. so anything after um, I know. So it was Power Slaves, Summer in Time. Summer in Time, I didn't even like when I first listened to it, but I was just young and naive. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, you know, listening from a drummer's perspective, I was just I don't know the cold keyboard synth thing. It's like, what the hell is going on? Power Slave was where it was at. But we were just talking about Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. (laughs) But it wasn't supposed to happen in Maiden. Right. (laughs) And then Fear of the Dark. Was it that Fear of the Dark? No. Uh, No Pray for the Dying. Well, you're skipping Seventh Son, too. Seventh Son. Jesus. Seventh Son. That was epic. Yeah. And then then um, No Pray for the Dying. Yeah. Then No Pray for the Dying. And then I was like, "Ah, what is going on here? Yeah, that was not so good. You know, I think everyone kind of had the same yeah. feeling with that one. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, the song, right? The songs themselves were, I think it was, a lot of it was like a Bruce solo album. Yeah, for sure. That's why it's Bring a, the Daughter to the Slaughter was yeah. his thing. Uh, production was terrible. Steve Harris's barn. Yeah. You know, that's where they <laughs> yeah, recorded yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then Fear of the Dark. Fear of right? the Dark, which I think is actually worse than No Prayer for the Dying. Oh. I did too. Yeah, yeah I agree. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. I have to listen to it again. I haven't listened to those two in a while. Yeah. yeah there's just, actually some, because there's some really good songs on, on No Prayer for the Dying. There is. Um, Title yeah. track's really good. If you, if you took the best of each and put it into like yeah. a 10-song album, it would be a good album. Yeah. It wouldn't. If you fixed the production. Yeah. On, yeah. yeah. Although yeah, it's mean, not horrible production, but for it's them, just, it's pretty yeah. horrible. For them, yeah. Yeah. I met Nico on that tour. Oh really? And uh, yeah, no prayer for the dying. My friend worked for a, lo- a local magazine, and this was in an arena. And somehow I got in backstage, and I found Nico talking to a bunch of people. And of course, I asked him about the beginning of Tail Gunner. <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing there? That's <laughs> <laughs> some pirateos, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got his autograph, and that was that. That's so, all right. Yeah. I asked Lars Ulrich if there's tambourine and Justice for All when I met. Oh, you blew my mind when you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> and I listened. I'm like, holy shit, there's fucking tambourine in the song. Yes, there that, is. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> good that was ears. That's what he said. Yeah, that's what Lars told me. Yeah. Oh, good ears. Good ears. <laughs> yes, there is. Good ears. 
Well, I had a bet with my friend, like my friend Eric Josephson. Um, I remember that because like, there's no fucking tambourine, and just I was like, there is. Listen, he's like, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. Definitely a tambourine <laughs> I, from the man himself, motherfucker. That's right. Right, crazy. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so you don't. So okay, so then they then went then they went to Blaze Bailey, and we all know that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I, I couldn't just it. Even if the music was great, I don't remember, but I just couldn't get past his voice. <laughs> no, nah, it was bad. Right. Couldn't yeah. get past his voice. If you listen to live stuff, too, it's even worse. Yeah. I saw them live with Blaze, and actually, they were really good, and he was very entertaining. <clears throat> okay. He ran around. He was very engaging with the audience. Mm. Um, okay. I saw him in like a club mm-hmm. in Boston. It was actually a really good show. Okay. You saw Maiden but, in a club. That's worth noting. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, I can't claim that. Yeah. My sister saw Maiden on the Killers tour. Oh, my God. When they opened uh, up for Judas fucking Jesus. Jesus. shit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She's 10 years older than I am. Okay. I was looking through a, scra- a scrapbook of hers, and um, she had this little cutout of an article, which was a review of the concert. And it was about Judas Priest mostly, but she's like, oh, Iron Maiden, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you saw Iron Maiden with Paul Diano. <laughs> like, I think I got there late and didn't see them, actually. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah. And then um, Brave New World, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Great album. That was really good. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy, this is a good coming back for Bruce. And yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. And then after that, Ah, sorry, I just can't get. It. That's when it all like all the regurgitating riffs and everything just sounded the same to me. Yeah, and Dance of Death was. I couldn't get into anything. I know what you're. I I, I get what you're saying about that. Yeah. After the after um, Brave New World, there was a sameness to all the albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny it though because you know we all over the summer saw them uh, multiple times actually, and um. I went back purposely and listened to a bunch of this newer stuff and those albums like especially Dance of Death wasn't actually as bad as I remember it being like I didn't listen to that album a whole lot when it came out I was mm-hmm. disappointed because it was the follow up to Brave New World so you're expecting yeah like, this is going to be great and it was such a disappointment that I didn't really go back to it that much but I went listening to it recently I actually found it to be pretty good mm-hmm. like there's you know it's not obviously not going to top it's not Power Slave yeah we're talking about tonight <laughs> right right <laughs> Wasn't the the singer for the Iron Maidens? She said that's her favorite song. Was one of the songs? Was it Passchendaele? Oh, Passchendaele's fantastic! Holy shit, that yeah. song is good. She says that's her favorite Iron Maiden song ever. I could see that. Yeah, that song is she she really top good. three. I think she was top three. That song is phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. Anyway, we're veering off topic. Yeah. So uh, Clive and Nico. Yeah, exactly. Clive, I was Nico, say, yeah. Clive versus Nico. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the, obviously, they both incredibly different drummers but from being in an Iron Maiden tribute band and playing all these parts for me it's it's more musically satisfying to play the Clive stuff hmm. because he like his playing to me is like what Neil Peart did in a completely different way of course but like the parts can kind of only be played one way they're all very precise they're all very well thought out and they work really, really well. And I like even just playing in Doctor Who and everything. I like honoring drummers, even if it's just not playing like anything. And it doesn't matter what you're playing. I mean, song's good, song's good. Just mm-hmm. play the fucking drum part you're supposed to play and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so I I like playing those songs because it's always like 
it's an effort to play and respect the original drummer. And what he did was was perfect. And he was creative and he did lots of subtle things that I don't think a lot of people recognize until you like really listen closely. Mm-hmm. And his right hand was fast as I mean his hands in general. If you listen to stuff off of Killers, like Another Life and Oh my God, he has blazing hands. <laughs> That's cool. Rathchild. Rathchild live when we do it. We haven't done it in a long time, but I'm, I, I feel like my arm is literally going to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to play that like the right way Yeah. in like nonstop one hand. It's not two hands. Um, But Nico, I mean, is great. Of course, but he's just a completely different style. Mm-hmm. He's way more jazz influenced. Yeah. Way more improvisatory. Mm-hmm. So like in terms of trying to copy what he's doing, it's way harder yeah. to yeah. do everything that he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he, he has that whole uh, ride symbol you, thing going on. You're like, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more like I always say it's Clive's right hand that kills me and it's Nico's right foot. Mm. Yeah, yeah. His doubles, he's just doing the doubles all over the yeah, place. Is, yeah. And it just drives me crazy because it's like <laughs> it's just an effort to try to get through it. You know, Heaven Can Wait, all these songs. <laughs> just doubles galore. And um but you also can't hear the drums as well as you can hear, I think, and like Number of the Beast. Number of the Beast sonically is like one of the best maiden sound records, I think, the mm-hmm. whole catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like peace of mind, you know, Nico comes in with where Eagles Dare, of course, and but you don't hear everything; just gets kind of muddy hmm. in the mix. Well, that's funny. I, I said that about when I was listening to Power Sleeve. I was trying to kind of analyze it a little more. You know, when we do these podcasts, I like to listen with a you know a finer ear sometimes, just to see if I can pick out some things. And I thought that the drums were a little low in the mix. Like listening back mm-hmm. to this, you know, the the I, I said the distortion could be a little better. It's hard to be picky with these albums, but I thought the distortion could sound a little better and the, the drums could be a little higher in the mix. I was like, if I was to change a little bit, that's probably what I'd do. Like, because yep. the bass drum is, you, you know, you mentioned the bass drums on the new hour albums are like, boom, boom, that's yeah. the bass drum. But yeah, you can, like, you can hear the bass drum, but it's not, it's not yep. there. Like, it's you, not in your face. Right. Exactly. And it makes you listen a little harder. I sure. Mean, I yeah. remember when I was first listening to those albums, <clears throat> I would listen harder because, like, I could hear it a little bit. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> Yeah, oh my God, he's playing really fast. <laughs> you know, and yeah. now it's just like, <laughs> it's like Jesus. Yeah, I can hear it already. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, it's just harder to mimic what he does. So I, I do the best I can personally, and I don't do every single thing. Right. Um, well, does he do every single thing live? Like if, that's the thing too. Like yeah. he, his parts on the albums are just more. <clears throat> improvisatory so right you can't play those things the same time twice well that's Lars is kind of the same way lately too oh yeah <laughs> you're not going to go to a Metallica show these days and see Lars play anything the same even the older stuff no nah, he doesn't yeah he probably so, just can't physically do it some of the stuff which, yeah a lot a lot of it's that way yeah there, but I've no but, bones about that yeah. I, don't how, I don't understand how he can still play any of that <laughs> 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 Jesus I, I, he's like wow yeah, just give him some credit just for that. Yeah, I know. You know, he gets a lot of shit. <laughs> he does. That's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we did talk about him on a podcast. We we were nice to him for sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Should be. Yeah. yeah. What th- we're fans? Yeah. <laughs> the hell you say? <laughs> I think the Nico I, Clyde I vote- thing for me is I like the material better 
in the uh, Nico era, like that, you know, power slave up well, to. He's a my power slave. Yeah. Man. So it's it's hard for me to be like, I don't know. It's hard to separate the two in a way. Well, somewhere in time, if you listen to the drums, yeah, they're weird. Like yeah, they he's are. playing some weird jazzy like fills that don't make any sense. Yeah. Like even in Heaven Can Wait, we play that one now. And I'm trying to copy what he does. And every time I do, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, I should just do something else because it just doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, my that, favorite in um, Somewhere in Time. Yeah, me, somewhere me in time. too. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah. But I think it's because that's, you know, we talked about this before. That's when I was introduced to the band. Like, mm-hmm. that's the first Maiden album I heard. That was, so, yeah, the first one I bought that knew. Like, I'd heard this stuff. I heard Live After Death and then... Summer yeah, Time came true. out and was like, oh, this is the new one. And then we put it on. I was like, this is so yeah, good. Yeah. So there's, it's. Yeah. Oh, man, I hated it when I first listened to it. <laughs> That's insane. Wasted Years was the only <laughs> saving grace because the video and all the eddies. And yeah. used to yeah, pause yeah. it and see all the eddy faces. But I, I don't know. I, I would, I remember like reading the words and listening for the first time. And I'm like, I just don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I just don't get it at all. The sound was so different. Yeah. And the keyboard thing, I didn't the even drum sound was the different for years. Like, oh, the first—I mean, the first song starts with the whole. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. <laughs> but we talked about the so, I mean, so it's that itself it's subtle made me to hate me. Like, it, I didn't, it didn't bother me, you know. We yeah. talked about this when Navid was on the show. Um, the synthesizers, you know, they actually add some stuff to some of the songs too. Like, it wouldn't be the same song without those. Mm-hmm. Those atmospheric so. sounds yeah it's just yeah being so you know <clears throat> yeah close-minded and you're coming <laughs> off the previous album and you See, I, I could understand kind of want that same album yeah in a way yeah that happens all the time i can understand that if yeah right i mean but if you're in the band you want to do something different right. and exactly, they did something yeah. incredibly different like it was like light years <laughs> yeah, from yeah but did before to like 99 percent of the population Every Maiden album sounds the same. You know? <laughs> like, they're not well, musically out so far. You know, we're we're really cutting hairs here. I mean, we're so close to it. We were <laughs> just like, that's I way know. completely different. And all right, your average guy's like, sounds like I'm Maiden to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 True. True. I wonder if there's people doing the same thing with ACDC albums. <laughs> I don't. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well even I remember Bruce Dickinson was on like a headbangers ball or something and he was talking about somewhere in time and he was like it's it's like jazz metal or something like that. He was just like it's jazz. I'm like yeah, it's something. And he wrote zero <laughs> songs on that. Hmm? He has no songwriting credits on that album. Oh really? Yeah. Is it like he was Adrian? Really, he Adrian was, had a lot. He was yeah, out on that one. Yeah. It's kind of weird. He talked about that in his book. I don't know if you guys have read his book. It's really good. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't remember about, a lot about it. Yeah, he talked about the fact that um, he was kind of, you know, tuned out at that point as far as songwriting goes, and yeah, yeah. he almost—I think he almost left the band at that point. Yeah. And and Steve Harris called him up about the idea for seventh or for yeah for seventh album, seventh album. Right. He's like seventh album, seventh, and, and he's like, ooh, and so he got intrigued again. <laughs> Seven's the key number. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it is>. Not six. <laughs> So is, are they on the seventeenth album? Is that going to be a good one? Seventeenth <laughs> <laughs> son of a seventeenth. How many do they? Seventeenth. Raise the fist of the metal seventeenth child. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know how many albums well, they have. A lot. Sixteen. Be... Yeah, seventeen will be next. Oh my god! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> could be the well, last. I brought album. up Naveed. I brought, I brought up Naveed, Chris. Do you have anything to say to Naveed while you're <laughs> while you're on the podcast? This <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where we stop recording. <laughs> I like the faith. Or no raise dynamic. the volume. The faith no more dynamic, where one band member shit talks the other one in a. <laughs> he said that they he was like finally got him to play wicker man it was this amazing thing yeah that was the only one i mean i'm not the only one that is gonna i i can't be the only one that like if, if i don't want to play a song we're not gonna play it there's other people in the band too i'm sure <laughs> yeah they have a say <laughs> but i probably feel most strongly about the stuff after fear of the dark or um yeah, after Fear of the Dark. Brave New World is good. That has a couple of other songs I wouldn't even mind playing live. But yeah, Wicker Man was kind of the no brainer. Everyone loves it. They open up with the song and Yeah. Um and it is actually pretty fun to play. You know, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun. But to play. uh but I it's a pain in the ass because I have to bring a double pedal now. Yeah, right. I was gonna say. <laughs> But because we play it play faster, fast. oh yeah, there's no way yeah. you I, don't have a choice. <laughs> even if I didn't play it like with the snare drum, yeah, play it like yeah, it's still too fast. <laughs> so I bring the double pedal. Um, ah. yeah. So everyone thinks I play all the other stuff with the double pedal now. Probably, oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably should make a statement before every show. <laughs> the only song will be Wicker Man with the double pedal. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, I think that's the only Navid thing. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have notes or anything. Uh, like a, oh, uh, I think tempo. We have like tempo discussions a lot because every every time I hear original studio recording, it always feels so slow. Yeah. Because we play everything. Like Eric has seen well, they us do a couple too. times. Yeah, they do. They too. do, and I think that's what he wants. Is like he has. I think he said that on the podcast. Yeah, he too. did. Like, yeah, he was like... His, his preference is to play the live stuff yeah. the way they play the live Like stuff. Revelations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, you have to play that live fast. Yeah. The yeah. album version well, is stupid. <laughs> that one, we we slow down different spots back to a kind of like... Depends on where in the song, just, but we'll go back to studio tempo. It just sounds wrong, I think. But the, studio, yeah. the studio tempo... It is very slow. We start it fast for sure. Um, but then we kind of get back to the studio tempo for certain things that already sound kind of faster, so it doesn't it's not too jarring. Mm. Um but yeah, I, I mean it's it's good to have that ear and eye for things because like I would never thought of like live energy and like that in itself could be a really big aspect of your show. And right. if we played you know, revelations the way from beginning to end, the way it is on the record, then it probably be a snooze fest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, like wrath child, there's a lot of songs that are like that, that we, I always point to hell. definitely be the works name. faster. The the way they play, how would be the name live? Oh, geez. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I think we might play it faster. I'm not sure, oh my but God. it's even someone commented on our Facebook page. I think they sent a message and they're like, can you slow down? How would be that name? Because <laughs> Navi can't even sing all the words. I'm like, well, he never really sings any of the words, but, um, he's got the notes, right? 
I say this to him all the time. <laughs> he doesn't mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes though vocally, like when the songs are so fast, there's a lot of words to sing and a lot of the words yeah. get lost. Honestly, they just yeah. do. And uh, I couldn't sing that song. I don't know half the lyrics. In that song. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. It's unbelievable. But that and Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, we play pretty fast. Um, I think we need to take some things down a little bit to, and also to make them more playable. And <laughs> I mean, you know, Fern's our new bassist, and he, he can he can play. He's he's unbelievable. But you know, he's like, yeah, maybe we can take rhyme down just a little bit so I can get like all the notes in perfectly, like yeah. all the time, because yeah. it's a struggle. Um, struggle for me. Yeah. Struggle for him. Uh, I don't know if it's a struggle for the other guys. They sound fine. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like, And then there's the thing about the energy and kind of not sloppy, but like raw. And he has said sloppy before. And I'm like, I want to have the technical precision. But yes, with that live, faster, sloppy feel, but not sloppy in terms of notes and not being able to play together. And like, mm-hmm. we have to be precise in terms of the guitar rhythms and the bass and the drums and all that. But then add what we do is like a lot of guitar slides and, you know, lots of just more noise on the guitar. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. But um, so there's that just the balance there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you know, that. we're never able to just say, oh, play. It doesn't matter what you play. Like start the song on the fucking China, you know, <laughs> instead of on the, with the stick click. It's just, you know, really loud and heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can I just like click my sticks and be a little bit more subtle? <laughs> you gotta be stupid like, like Nico and be like, do we have anything else on this album? I mean, we've we kind of veered off topic, but that's fine. It's Iron Maiden. That always happens. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to miss out on anything. If anyone had any other notes, the only other note I had was I thought that um, <laughs> I love that. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner starts with a riff that sounds like it's like in the middle of a song. <laughs> like it just comes in like dun a little dun. Yeah, you're right. It does. You're like, oh, okay, here we go. There's no big leading up intro like that's true. It's just yeah, that's true. It comes in on three, doesn't it? Two, three, four, and a one. Okay, a four. All right, yeah. It comes in on the turnaround of the riff. Yeah, so slow. I just figured out how to play that right recently. Really? Because <laughs> <laughs> his toms and bass drum sound very similar, mm-hmm. so sometimes hard to differentiate. Yeah, for sure. But he goes like, "Is that just a bunch of noise?" <laughs> kind of, but yeah. I think like, got boom, pop, pop. So like the ah uh, is on the bass drum. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Um, I'm glad I was right. <laughs> yeah, I just. I couldn't tell what he was doing. I was I was assuming, but I wasn't sure. I was like, it probably is that. But you're right, Eric. There's there's always something about that song that I was like, what is it about that that's weird? I couldn't. That's, you're right. It's like it's you're starting in the middle. Oh, so the in the middle of our live version that we have, so the whole soundscape, water narration. We're trying to figure out how the hell to do that because you can't oh, yeah. take it from the album. No. Because there's 
stuff that's happening. What, no, what do uh, they do? They, like, they and then we couldn't boards? play along with it. I think they just play along with the track. Hmm. Really? Live. I think they just play along with it somehow, or maybe they were able to take out the guitars in it or something. I'm surprised there's not some but, sort of isolated track online. There's got to be someone. It wasn't. I made no. one from scratch. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I made. I did the like narration myself. And water and yeah, I had all these like, um, audio tracks from whatever the website is like sound.org or something. Yeah. And I put together this whole, the rain, thunder, boats creaking, which going, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um. <laughs> I feel like a monkey <laughs> and wind yeah it's a monkey <laughs> comes swinging through <laughs> and uh i did the narration like the and i timed it perfectly with the album so i, I was like looking at the album and i was in my daw and i recorded it myself and then i just kind of fucked around with my voice and tried yeah. to make it sound otherworldly or whatever like yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. reverb basically yeah. and uh that's what we use huh. and would never be able to i can't even tell it's me honestly that's cool that's awesome but it works pretty well but we're trying to get like the bass to for it to be perfectly in time and it doesn't really have to be but when he finishes one of the cycles of the boom 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 Mm -hmm. boom, that the narration comes in after a complete cycle okay yeah and if it doesn't it kind of comes in in a weird spot Mm. and it's jarring to like us but probably like Nobody else. Yeah, 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 I get that. <laughs> but we're just trying to get it so like the bass plays the exact tempo, yeah, at the exact time. But yeah, that would be tricky. It's a fun little challenge. But, um, yeah, the other that's another pretty epic <coughs> guitar harmony part at the end of that whole guitar interlude thing. Mm-hmm. The build up. Oh yeah, uh, the big screen. Yeah. Bam, diddly diddly diddly. Yeah, yeah. So good. Bam, bam, the guitar solos. <laughs> so good. Yes. <laughs> this right here. Yeah. Epic scream. Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. You could do an entire episode dissecting that song. Yeah, there. really. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, uh, Naveed sometimes purposely sings the words wrong in spite of me. Because <laughs> somehow they kept the wrong words on Live After Death. He said, they say, um, See the rhyme of the ancient mariner. It's like, it's here the rhyme. Yeah, <laughs> it's not see the rhyme. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So sometimes, rhyme? maybe I don't know if he's done it with me playing, but we have a sub drummer, and one of the gigs he played, I actually got to see because I was doing a classical gig in Harrisburg, and they were playing at I think Tourist Inn, which was like twenty minutes down the road. Oh, okay. So after my rehearsal, I actually went to go see them. Yeah, that's cool. And um, they did rhyme, and he said, "See the rhyme in Ancient Mariner," and looked right at me. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "Dumbass!" <laughs> it's so. surprising though they left that in the live version. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> well, cool. Um, I should probably wrap it up. Um, yeah, I don't have much. And I don't. I mean, we we talked a good amount on this album and this band. This is uh, is this their second best album? <laughs> oh man, this is a toughie for me. No, no, not my opinion. Peace of mind better. I like peace of mind yeah. better. Yeah, peace of mind's probably better. It's tough because there are two songs on peace of mind. You're like, yeah, no. But number of the beast. No, I think peace. I like this better than peace of mind. Hmm. Yeah, but this was one of my two first. Yeah. yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big part of it. Yeah, when you came in, it's 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 hard to. Yeah, also I know. It's, it's <laughs> like picking a, a best metallic album of the first first five. Yeah. What about Paul Diano stuff? Nope. Mm. No? <laughs> no. What? None of you guys? Get out of here. No. <laughs> no, not really. Bruce just adds too much to, yeah. you know. I mean, the songs are good. I just don't like his voice. Yeah. And and even some of the songs, I'm like, eh. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I love, you know, Phantom Joe, of the Opera feel is a the fantastic same? song. Huh? Do, you, do you feel the same, Joe? Yeah, the first two albums? Yeah, you don't like them? I mean, I like, like them a lot. Out. I just I don't think they stand up to the next, yeah. what, four or five. Yeah. 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 Um, like I said, there's great songs. It's just. I'm, I think I was uh, the only one who liked Killers better than the first album. Though. Yeah, I think you were. I? I probably would say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Those two are like very similar to me, except Killers is just stronger. The songwriting was better. That's what I thought too. The production was better. I didn't yeah. think the songwriting was better personally. I mean, I don't know. I besides so of the opera, good songs. I could listen to the yeah those but, first two any day. Prowler, remember tomorrow? Yeah, uh, yeah. Metallica covered "Remember Tomorrow." Yeah, yeah. I know it was awesome. <laughs> um, that's incredible. They, they almost covered Prowler. They play, played a little bit of Prowler live. Yeah. Back in See, when I hear Bruce sing Prowler, I'm like, it's not the same. Like, I, it's hard for me to hear. I just think Paul Diano sounds better singing that stuff than because it for me it's like those songs are just the era that the voice of those songs is Paul Diano, mm-hmm. and when Bruce sings some of the stuff, although. He sings Remember Tomorrow, or he used to, during the number of the Beast days, and it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. When he was singing his ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the first two albums are incredible. They don't stand yeah. up to me, but- You've heard, I'm sure you've heard him sing to Killers too, right? Hmm? You heard him say Bruce sing Killers? I heard him singing. There's the it's only the best line, of the beast I, things or, or something, but or uh, uh, I think some of that is taken from his audition, right? What's up? What's up? Some of that material is taken from his audition. You can find it on. No, there's, there's, li- there's a live show where he sings a bunch of that stuff. Oh, okay. and he just joined the band, right? Yeah, his version of Killers, I love. That's on that. Uh, I don't know if it's Beast Over Hammersmith or something. It's called. Yeah, yeah, eighty two. Yeah, that whole coffin set thing. Yeah. Yeah, I got that right up there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Number of the Beast, I know a lot of people point to Number of the Beast as like, oh, that's the be all end all, but I just nah. I like the songs on the next three albums better, uh, you know, so like Yeah. I'm not a you're going to probably hate me for this, but 22 Arcadia Avenue, I don't really like that song. Really? It's not. Yeah. Like it's, We're going to uh, play it for you then. <laughs> at uh, Backseat. You can play that and Invaders cuz both those songs are like oh. 
Poop. Love yeah, playing Invaders. Invaders. So fun. <laughs> it's, that's a Navita too. He's like, that song is so much fun to play. And it's I'm like, so, okay, well, good, but it's boring. yeah, but it's not as fun to hear. But Invaders was a song I always liked, and I always wanted to play it. But I had no idea how much fun it would be and how much more I like it because of this experience. I, so uh, yeah, I get that. I get that. But just as a song in general, it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. you open your album <laughs> with that song, really? right? Okay. <laughs> But obviously, Bruce Dickinson was like light years ahead of Paul Diano. I mean, it's completely yeah. two different singers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of why I like the old stuff is that it's like no comparison because it's so different. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. It's like two different bands in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For it sure. Totally is, yeah. So which iteration did you hear first, Chris? Did you hear Paul Diano Maiden or did you hear uh, Bruce Maiden? I was trying to remember and- it's all a big jumble to me. Hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Cause I remember when I was getting into them, I was listening to everything through number of the beast. I had the first two I had made in Japan, had number of the beast. Um, but I don't know if there was like a one first thing. Hmm. I don't know if it started with Paul Dion or Bruce, honestly. Yeah, it, yeah it, it sounds remember. like there was more Diano material either way when you first got into them. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Because when we got into it, it was 86. So like Lavish for Death was already out and you had you had all these Bruce albums to listen to, which we got way into. And then we went back and we were like, this Diano stuff's kind of weird. Good, yeah. You know. And, and I so, think that's part of why I like it so much because it was yeah. like, it was all introduced to me around the same time. So yeah, I think so too. Yeah. All the same. It's a big, yeah. it's a huge deal when that, when you, yeah, when you first get yeah. into it, it's such a huge deal. That impression it makes on you is massive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. It's just, yeah. But I think when is. Number of the Beast came out, uh, so what's that eighty two? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that was I think like part of like the start of the addiction for sure because I was listening. I remember listening to the song while doing homework. Or yeah. drawing the album cover. I forget which yeah. one I was actually doing. <laughs> but that and Peace of Mind and Power Slave to me were just, that made made my favorite band of all time. Yep. At the time. It turned, then it was the Beatles somehow. After that. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. They're, they're but, my number uh, two. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're Maiden, then Beatles? <laughs> or Metallica? Metallica. Wait, Metallica the Beatles? <laughs> no. Oh, Metallica Maiden. Yes. Metallica oh, Maiden. Okay. Yeah. The Beatles are not in my top. They're not even in a top anything. <laughs> I don't hate the Beatles. They're just not in my top anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, that happened a lot later. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's hard with Maiden because of so many albums I can't even listen to <laughs> anymore. It's just like. Yeah, and like I love every, pretty much like ninety nine point nine percent of every Beatle related thing. Sure, like every album. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe some songs weaker than others, but like every album, unbelievable. And I can't say that, unfortunately, about Maiden. I just stopped getting, stopped being interested after a while, and I couldn't even bear to listen to them anymore. It's like that's you, so sad. You're probably at least they didn't quit like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They didn't even, they didn't even give it a lame. decade. <laughs> yeah, That's, you're gonna you're gonna unfriend me for this, Chris. But I think the Doors are better than the Beatles, personally. 
<laughs> Wait till you get my recording on uh, this MP3. This audio. <laughs> I'm gonna add some secret messages in here. <laughs> Possess you. I don't know. That's uh, all good. I, I hear feel- Rolling Stones, and uh, I've heard so much shit. It's I don't, okay. I don't like the Rolling Stones at all. No, I think Eric, they're the most Eric overrated is, band ever. Eric is kind of biased against English bands. <laughs> He's like my wife now. My wife thinks I hate British people. I don't hate. I don't even know where <laughs> that came from. But no, that's weird. I, mean, I think really David said that. <laughs> Great. I'm gonna have a reputation now. <laughs> it's all David's fault. We blame him for everything. Now Paul is gonna. Knock on my door. Our one of our guests we've had on this episode on this podcast a few times. He's from England. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, hey, so let's um, let's promote some shows coming up for you, Chris. Um, oh, Saturday is uh, in Berryville at the. It's called. It's with the Rose Hill Chamber Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Rose Hill Barnes, I think. Barnes, yeah. The Barnes, Barnes, Barnes of Rose, Rose Hill. Hill. Yep. My son's performed yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a new group actually. It's only like their third concert, and I think it's like music from Downton Abbey or something. But oh, it's, my wife it's is music that was. I want to go. Oh, okay. It's when classical music basically started getting very jazz influenced. A lot of composers from like the twenties and thirties started writing more jazz influenced classical stuff. Okay. Like Darius Miao and uh, Stravinsky started writing some jazz stuff, and William Walton. So. What's You'll hear all that in the music. It's it's so it's kind of like contemporary classical music. What time is that? I think eight. Oh, it's a night show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So there's that, um, and then Doctor Fu is debuting Friday night and Renegade and Clarendon. Oh, that's a new place, right? New place. Yeah. Cool. That's Friday the thirteenth. You know where and then the fourteenth is Burryville. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Eyes of the Nile, the Maiden Tribute, is playing at Reverb in Reading. You've got some shows That's, coming up in Virginia, though. I'm excited about. I know you're playing. Tally, yeah. you're playing Tally Ho in January. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, we're opening up for Obey Your Master. Oh, cool. Which wow. is a Metallica tribute. Obviously. Joe, we're going on a and, show with Joe. Yeah. So after this podcast, go check out their bio. It's going to be fun. And um, they're playing you're playing in Pittsburgh too, right? Yeah, we're oh. playing we're they're opening up for so we're opening up for them at uh Tally Ho and they're opening up for us in Tourist Inn hmm. later in uh like in March. Oh, it's in Tourist Inn. It's Hallam, Pennsylvania. You're playing Rock Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh on February 1st, it looks like. Oh, oh Pittsburgh is Feb- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fe- February 1st. Yeah. So that's cool. I'm looking I'm looking at your Facebook page. <laughs> I'm trying I got to get the I'm Beatles gonna... thing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The Beatles were at JV's in Falls Church. Okay. Which is kind of like I realized it's kind of an establishment. It's been there for a long time and they get bands in there a lot. And uh I just kind of discovered this place recently and got us in there on December 28th. We're doing the night show because they have like two shows. They have a late afternoon and then a, a night one. Okay. So we're playing for like 9.30 to 12.30. I should actually sing in that band. There's no drums. That's, That's right. Wow. You do a little percussion, huh. right? And No. 
No, that's literally I'm the lead singer of this band. Not somehow. even like maracas or <laughs> tambourine. I play a it's it's a small cajon that Blabby. you can actually wear. <laughs> so it's a small box and it has like the snares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've it. seen the cajon. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. good for just kind of keeping time and a nice little texture. Yeah. So it's not too intrusive or anything. It's, right. it's actually like the perfect little touch. But yeah, a couple maracas and tambourine stuff. Uh, I should tell Tim real quick. <laughs> so this is a sidebar, but speaking of percussionists, <laughs> Chris, you sent me a message like as you were watching clips of SNM two from actually Justin Hasler, who Tim and I know. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> dude, I know that percussionist, right? Oh really? <laughs> oh, Metallica oh, played SNM two, right, and there right. were like screenshots of of one of the percussionists like right up front. Like playing a big He was drum. right behind the timpanist. Yeah. Okay. You know, the kettle drums? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. 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 And I'm like, holy shit, that's Ed Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> and I I know that he plays timpani with the San Francisco Symphony. Oh, there he used you to go. live in Boston. He went to New England Conservatory. That's where I went. We kind of crossed paths a little bit there. We didn't study there at the same time, but I knew him when he first got in there. And he's he's amazing. He's he wins like every audition that he takes. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> he won Fort Worth out of grad school timpani job. Then after that, he won Pittsburgh. These are all like big timpani gigs. Then he won Pittsburgh, and then he won San Francisco. Jeez. And that San Francisco is like one of the top five in the country. Yeah. Oh wow. Top ten in the world. God. So I, I'm looking at. I just happen to look at Justin's Facebook page, and I see Metallica with Ed Stefan like. With the sticks in the air, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, what an epic picture. Yeah. So I took some screenshots and I sent them to to Ed. He's like, oh yeah, thanks for these. Yeah, that was quite the experience. <laughs> you don't say. You don't say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was like, Lars was uh, a train wreck. Oh, really? Yeah, well. Um, yeah, I, I think they didn't play to a click or something and it was like really hard to play with them. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I can imagine yeah. that. Their tempo's all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said that Lars came over and Ed said something like, you know, you want to give him a shot or you want to give him a hit or something. And Lars like wound up and put a massive dent into (laughs) one of his drums. Oh my God. (laughs) And uh, like the drum head? Just kind of the drum head. Yeah. And these are like, granted, they were the youth orchestra drums that they were using oh really but oh. a professional set of timpani for timpani costs like forty thousand dollars oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like a test so the ones that they were playing on were probably you know like now five ten thousand dollars still though Jeez. but he just <laughs> he wound up and he's like what, what was he, he just, thinking <laughs> he, just, he does, doesn't know anybody yeah exactly he doesn't know anybody. <laughs> no, I mean, like why would you give it's not like a why would you give Lars the opportunity? <laughs> I don't know. I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> but you probably hit it with a regular drumstick too, which is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not the big, you know, fluffy right. mallets you need that the you mallets, would play timpani yeah. with. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're not gonna, like, probably took his drumstick and went. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, Lars. Yeah, I totally blame your your buddy on that one. <laughs> nah, that's all right. It's a good, it's a good, story. good story. I don't know. Could have done yeah. that with my drums. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Lars broke my drum yeah. head. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, cool. yeah. Well, we should cool. get out of here. Um, play some outro music. Thanks for joining us, Chris. So, anytime. Cool. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Awesome. It was fun. It was fun. Got to talk nice about sabotage. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
energy, aggression, power. To sum it up, it's a vulgar display of power. Metal and, and certain other forms of rock give teenagers something to believe in that they get no place else. The human element of making music is what's most important. Singing into a microphone and learning to play an instrument, that's the most important thing.